Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, this is your host, Kirk Sumner, for today's Surveyor Says episode. We thought that it would be good for us to do some follow-up work with J.B. Bird. As all of our listeners know, J.B. is our lobbyist in, in Washington, D.C., and there are so many things going on now, J.B. I think we could almost do one of these every week just to try to stay stay ahead of what's going on and let people know what we're up to and what what are the things that are important to us as uh, as surveyors and and as a society um so i one of the things i think our members would be interested in just sort of as an introduction is uh, we'll talk in a few minutes about um, our visit down to capitol hill recently uh, on, on Senator Enhoff's bill. And one of the things that struck me as we were driving in that morning is it, I finally got the realization that it's not like it was. I mean, it you could easily see that a lot of people still aren't working. And that, I guess that kind of surprised me. I, I, I thought, okay, everybody's cool now. Everybody's going back to work. But, uh, that doesn't seem to be the case, and and I think I heard you talking about a lot of people still re working remotely in that air in that arena. Yeah, Kurt. Uh, well, thanks again for having me on. Uh, again, my name is John J. B. Bird. I'm the registered federal lobbyist for NSPS. And Kurt, you're exactly right. That that was my impression as well. Um, so we were on the Senate side, right, uh, last week, and. Uh, I've been back since, and on the House side this week, things are picking up, and there is a gradual return to normal as far as foot traffic. Uh, maybe not everything else on Capitol Hill, but we're starting to see more and more offices reopen, more and more staff actually uh, take meetings now in person. But it, even if they're still doing by Zoom, they're actually in their offices. So we are seeing that transition of congressional staff and certainly members of Congress um, doing doing what they can at this point to return to normal. We still don't think that's going to be anytime soon uh, as far as full implementation. We may think that uh, we're looking at maybe the end of the third quarter. So by September 30th, there's kind of an expectation that the Hill may actually be back up and running as early as then. But uh, if it's not the third quarter, we think sometime in the fourth quarter this year, things will be back to normal. That's that's good to hear. Um, hopefully we'll see some normality across the board as we, as we continue on. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today, obviously all of our listeners are interested in this, and I know you have some thoughts about how we can collaborate with our members and our state groups to 
make sure we follow up on this issue and and get out there. And and the reason we were in town the other day was uh, sort of the rollout of Senator Inhofe's bill. And you can tell everybody the name of it, but it's related to the Legato issue. And so I, I would like to have you get our folks up to speed on where that is, where the where the bill is for one thing, and then how can we help? What What is it we can do as a society and as individuals, actually, to help promote the cause? Right on, Kurt. So uh, many of you will be familiar that Senator Jim Inhofe, a Republican from Oklahoma, last Congress, he chaired the Senate Armed Services Committee. And he had one of his key staffers visit with us during the October business meeting. And they, uh, the staffer joined us online and did a virtual presentation to uh, the NSPS board and making sure the directors were caught up to speed on the senator's intentions on oversight of legato interference with GPS. At that time, the senator was planning to introduce a bill and for strategy purposes, he tactically decided to hold off on introducing that bill until this Congress. And as Kurt, as you participated in the the uh, news conference last week on Capitol Hill in front of the in front of the nation's capital, uh, Senator Inhofe was joined by three additional senators in introducing what's known as the recognizing and ensuring taxpayer access to infrastructure necessary for GPS and Satellite Communications Act, or what's known as the Retain GPS and SATCOM Act. It was introduced uh, June 22nd by Senator Inhofe, a Republican of Oklahoma, Senator Jack Reed, a Democrat from Rhode Island, Senator Tammy Duckworth, a Democrat from Illinois, and Senator Mike Rounds, a Republican from South Dakota. So those four senators have introduced S-2166, again, the Retain GPS and SATCOM Act. And what it does is that um, it, it, it addresses the Legato question straight on. Legato has, has said that um, it will be happy to reimburse any federal, state, or local unit of government whose GPS receivers or GPS equipment is interfered with, but they left out everyone else. And so, meaning the private sector, anyone who's in private practice and uses GPS for whatever the reason. And um, so what the bill does is it says, okay, Legato, well, you, you're kind of halfway there. We need to help you get to the other half and we're gonna put you on the hook for anyone in the private sector that also has interference from your engagement. And so that's what the, the Retain Act does. It, it, it treats everyone the same way. It says, Legato, you need to reimburse anyone in the public sector, anyone in the private sector for GPS interference. And uh, that's, that's in brief what the bill does. I think, Kurt, strategically what we could do to really activate NSPS members and state societies is to make a call and have our members simply reach out to the members of the U.S. Senate. So each state has two U.S. senators. The goal would be to reach out uh, starting next week 
and asked the senators in their respective states to please co-sponsor S-2166. At the same time, Kurt, we are working on House introduction of the Retain Act, and we may have some information in the near future to share, but we were thinking potentially if we had that bill introduced next month, I'm sorry, um, uh, as early as later in July or a bill number before the August recess, then we can potentially have NSPS members and state societies reach out to their members of Congress during the August recess. So our goal would be reach, contact your U.S. Senator in July, contact your member of Congress in August, and ask for co-sponsorship of those respective bills. Uh, and then more strategically, Kurt, we work with separate coalitions on this issue. So I, I, were you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Were you going to ask a question about that? Oh, I was just going to say that we, we're encouraging everyone to do that, societies, individuals, whatever, and we will have a template, so to speak, that they can work from so that we, we're sending a consistent message. That's right. So we'll be developing a list of bullet points, uh, maybe a one-pager, and we can circulate that. Uh, we can get the word out and with instructions on how to reach out to your U.S. Senator and exactly what the ask is and how to communicate it. So yes, we, we can be working on that very, very soon, Kurt. Well, that's good. Uh, it's, it's encouraging, I think, to see this, this action come along. Uh, all, ever since the whole Legato issue began, uh, we were concerned as a profession about our capabilities to, to serve our clients. And, it, and it's not just us. It's pretty much anybody who's using GPS for whatever uses they have for it. Um, but there were times when it, it seemed as though it was an impossible hill to climb because of the, the power, so to speak, or the influence of, of, a, of the people who were proposing it. And it was one of those things. It was, it was almost like a, a, a flawed romance. You know, one day you're feeling really good. You think things are going well and, and it might turn out your way. And then a couple of days later, uh, your girlfriend's with somebody else. But so uh, that's a bad analogy, but, but it was an up and down thing. You know, we were just so concerned about it. And, and then when it got to the, to the point of where we are now, not finalization, of course, but where we are now, I think that's, that spurred a lot of people, not just us, but a lot of other people to, to realize just what was happening. Yeah, exactly right, Kurt. And, and um, you know, everyone is, is probably familiar with Light Squared, but it's been rebranded to Legato. So that's what the Retain Act is tackling is the Light Squared slash Legato entity. And um, we know that uh, NSPS has been all over this since the start of Light Squared and how it's evolved into Legato. Uh, one of the ways that NSPS has tackled this is to lend its name to numerous coalitions and different efforts underway to educate not just the different administrations, White Houses and federal agencies, but to actively uh, lobby on Capitol Hill about the danger to this GPS interference issue. And that's why we think this action to reach out to U.S. senators and to members of Congress to ask for co-sponsorship now that we have bills, Kurt, 
that you're referencing now, uh, we have a, a, a direct ask in a, a simplified way to go about it. Um, I will say that some of the uh, coalitions that NSPS has chosen to join and be activate on, uh, a couple of them are, are, are crucial, quite frankly. Uh, the one that we've had a long time presence in is the GPS Innovation Alliance, GYPSIA. And Kurt, you'll remember that you've already done a interview with the executive director, David Grisman. And we work very closely with David and his group, GYPSIA. In fact, um, last week during the news conference, Kurt, you were, were right next to, to Senator Inhofe during the news conference. And then John Pelletiello, the government affairs consultant for NSPS, was also uh, with the, the senator and, and we're in the background of that uh, session. And David Grossman was there. His version of the coalition was there, well represented. And um, another group that we work closely with, it's a, it's a massive group, um, over 100 different organizations now are part of it. I call it ICALO, the Industry Coalition Against the Legato Order. But of course, anything that ICALO sends out, we have to remind them that it's not just an industry, it also involves professions like the surveying profession. And they know full well about NSPS, uh, just about every letter that we put our name to, Kurt, NSPS puts its name to, we make sure that professions and profession is utilized just as much as industry. And there's a role for the surveying profession is basically what we're saying. And they hear us loud and clear on the, the most recent letter that endorses S2166, the Retain Act, it spells out surveyors in the letter as one of the impacted professions. And so I think we're very effective with those two coalitions. Another, another there are another two I want to single out, the Keep GPS Working Coalition. It's been around for about a year. It's not as large, but they know all about the NSPS role in this issue. And then quite frankly, from a NSPS leadership role, the Coalition of Geospatial Organizations, COGO. And as you'll recall, jo uh, uh, Kurt, John Warren uh, just finished completing his, his year serving as the chair of COGO. And over the years, COGO hasn't really agreed to that many policies. And it's been successful here and there, but quite frankly, the GPS interference issue it's been the issue recently to really galvanize and bring all the COGO organizations together, thanks to John Warren's leadership. And, and as a result, we were able to bring in the roughly the 13 or 15 COGO organizations onto the coalition letter backing the Inhofe bill. And that couldn't have happened if it wasn't for uh, John Warren's leadership over the last year or so on COGO. There's new leadership in COGO, but John Warren is staying on top of things and making sure that we can leverage the NSPS perspective on Capitol Hill for the greater good of COGO, and then bring that greater numbers of COGO to help Senator Inhofe. So it's a win-win for everyone when we activate in this, in this way with coalitions. Yeah, it was really quite interesting too. Among that group of people were People who were, uh, I won't call it the airline industry, I'll just call it the flying public, 
Um, as a matter of fact, the senator himself is a is a private pilot, and or a number of organizations there were very adamant in their support of this. And and I guess in the back of our mind, we realized that anything that had to do with GPS was going to be impacted. But like everybody else, we focus on us. Um, but during that during that event, it really hit home to me just how strong and how big this group of opposition is because it's it's across the board. And uh, nothing uh, captures that picture that you just painted better, Kurt, than in the backdrop of the senator and having you and John Pelletiello in the photo op in the kind of the imagery next to the Capitol for that news conference. Well, there is a big cutout laminated section of all the groups listed supporting the bill. And all the senator had to do was point to them. And at that time, I think it was 80 or 85 organizations. And it's, it's grown since it's over 100, thanks to Kogo jumping in through the NSPS leadership there. And later that day, Kurt, the senator went down to the floor of the Senate and gave a 10-minute speech on the bill. And he took that same laminated uh, uh, background, if you will, with all the groups listed. And he was just completely just amazed. And he kept coming back to it. Look at who's on this. Look who's on this. And it's a who's who. And you're right, Kurt. It, 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 it really is um, not a stretch to say that there's really not one sector of the economy that's not impacted one way or another by GPS. And it was just displayed prominently on that laminated list of 80 plus groups. So I guess at this point, and we will get on to some other topics I know you want to talk about during this session, but I guess the best way to present where we where we think we are now is the the old phrase we're cautiously optimistic. And I'll say this: um, what's kind of cool as we transition. Yes, we are uh, optimistic, but um, I know we're going to touch on a couple other issues. But there is one connection back to the Appropriations Committee on GPS. So I wanted to briefly spell that out: uh, the Interior subcommittee and the House Appropriations Committee just marked up their bill for funding for the Interior Department, including BLM, USGS, National Park Service. And they not only do bill language, but they do report language, Kurt. And in the report language for the National Park Service, they do have specific GPS modernization report language. And it provides for $4 million for the replacement of GPS data collection devices used by the National Park Service. So between an authorization bill like Senator Inhofe in the Retain Act and then, uh, you know, committee report language uh, investing $4 million in GPS technology and, and, and software and devices, that's a statement that Congress gets at the importance of GPS. And so there is reason to be, there is reason for optimism. You're exactly right, Kurt. Yeah, we're, we don't want to be overly confident because we've had the rug pulled out before, but certainly um, we, we feel better now than we might have a month or so ago in terms of allies and, and having some impact uh, for the implementation of something that never made sense to us, of course, uh, and a lot of other people like us. 
you know, there are a lot of other things going on, though. It's it's amazing to me how many how many fires we seem to be having our our poker in, so to speak. Um, but our it's it's just amazing that we're able to be part of so many different things. And one of those things is the, what's going on with the highway bill. Exactly, Kurt. Uh, it's one thing after another, but sometimes it's not after another. It's during the others, right? So when we're working the GPS issue, there are several other bills that we have direct connection with Congress and working with our friends in the, both the Senate and in the House. So on the highway bill, Kurt, the latest news we have to report is that the House just passed their version of a highway bill this week uh, before leaving for the July 4th break. And in it are several uh, specific provisions that are going to create markets or help uh, take connect the dots on the regulatory side of how the profession is impacted coming out of Washington, D.C. So a couple of those. Um, number one, we work closely with two members of Congress in a bipartisan manner to make sure that the Secretary of Transportation will hear the voice of the surveying profession and of all things working on uh, materials that go into roadway projects and the location of those materials. So we're talking about aggregates, sandstone, gravel, you name it, any of the material that will end up eventually in a highway project. We will have a voice and a seat at the table advising the Secretary of Transportation, thanks to a provision that uh, Congressman Stanton, a Democrat from Arizona, and Congressman Balderson, a Republican from Ohio, agreed to co-sponsor an amendment we asked them to do uh, earlier this month when the bill is going through the House Committee of Jurisdiction, the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. That language not just made it into the bill, but survived during the floor passage this week. And so specifically what it does is it says to this working group advising the Secretary of Transportation that someone representing a professional surveying, mapping, and geospatial organization will have a seat at the table. Who else will have a seat? There are several other groups that we will want to make sure that we also leverage their voices. So our friends and state geologists, anyone that's representing a state department of transportation and a lot of other folks will be a part of this working group. But it's very important that our profession and the voice is heard reporting up to the secretary. So we think that's a pretty big deal. Um, there are a couple other things that we think are going to be very helpful. The House bill this largest scene is a little bit more partisan than the Senate bill, and that's because it's reliance and focus on climate change. But that also means it's an opportunity for um, for the surveying profession to be leveraged when it comes to all sorts of resiliency and sustainability efforts on projects connected to what we call hard infrastructure, the roads, the bridges, the traditional forms of infrastructure. So we think it's going to create an even larger market, a larger demand uh, for survey grade data for all these projects. So yeah, that, those are some of the highlights. Yeah, thanks for that, JB. 
you know, with with all of the differing opinions that are out there, and doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, I don't guess necessarily, but there seems to be this uh, concept of of what some people would call spending money like a drunken sailor. I don't know, um, and we determine whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. But where are we on the whole appropriations side? So uh, number one, uh, the Senate has not done anything other than some oversight hearings. So they have not actually started to mark up or even introduce their, their bills. Where we are though, where we've seen the progress is in the house. And we now have, I think it's four, um, subcommittees that have reported their bills out of committee. Uh, the ones we think that are most relevant to um, the profession, certainly we would want to start with the interior uh, department. So the funding bill for everything connected to the Bureau of Land Management, to USGS, we referenced National Park Service, but also it funds EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, so we're happy to report that NSPS has been a longtime advocate for the USGS 3D Elevation Program, or 3DEP. And we're happy to report that the report language that made it out this week it involves a $5 million increase for 3DEP. That is a significant increase for this federal program. And we think there's going to be tremendous opportunities for the profession um, for a lot of the data collection involved. And then end users working with the end user communities, a lot of the clientele, if you will, for the surveying profession. Um, so we, we're happy to report that. Um, you know, what we know is this. We worked closely, Kurt, earlier this Congress to get 32 bipartisan House members to, to send a letter to the House Appropriations Committee requesting more funding for 3DEP. We were successful in getting nine U.S. senators to send a similar letter to the Senate Appropriations Committee. And then most recently, Kurt, NSPS was one of 57 organizations to send a coalition letter to both the House and Senate appropriators asking for more money for USGS 3DAP. So we are just starting, we think, to see, to, to see the bearing of that fruit as far as a $5 million increase for USGS 3DAP. So NSPS has played a direct role in that. We also know um, the Homeland Security Bill will have an increase for the National Flood Insurance Program and the mapping connected to that. We The number we, we saw, I believe, is $275 million in fiscal year 22. That's a $12 million increase since fiscal year 21. It was at 263 million, now it's up to 275 million based on the House language. Uh, that is a victory for NSPS. NSPS is a member of the Flood Map Coalition and a letter will be sent to the Senate uh, soon requesting more funding uh, for the Senate side. So uh, there are a couple other items I think we could touch on, Kurt, uh, but I know we're starting to run out of some time, but those are some brief highlights. Oh, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the big news about the Brooks Act and the qualifications-based selection language for GSA uh, schedules. And there is language not only in the bill, 
but in report language that funds GSA, the General Services Administration, that says you can no longer ask for price. You need to abide by the Brooks Act and all of your uh, 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 schedule contracts for professional services like architect, engineering, surveying, and mapping. So that's a big victory for NSPS. And, and very, very welcome news as well. You know, we've been traveling down that road for a really long time, trying to uh, to have impact there at GSA as well as within other places in government procurement. So uh, hopefully it all turns out well with that, and it'll be a springboard into even better things. So you're right. We try to keep these things somewhere around a half hour or so. So I appreciate you being with me this afternoon. Uh, Friday afternoons are always fun to do a podcast since we're not rushing out to go play golf or anything. So it's well, well Kurt, 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 it's an honor and privilege to continue on and uh, representing the, the, the voice of the surveying profession in the halls of Washington, D.C. and Congress and before federal agencies. And uh, as you know, our firm, Miller Wenhold Capital Strategies, uh, we have both uh, John Pelletiello, the government affairs consultant, and myself working hand in hand on these issues. And we work very closely with Pat Smith and his government affairs committee and John Warren with his political action committee, the NSPS PAC. So it's a team effort. We, we, it's great working with you, Kurt, and, and your team, uh, with Trish, and getting the word out. And it really is a team effort representing NSPS. Well, thanks again so much for being with me. Have a great weekend. We'll be talking next week. Excellent. Thank you, Kurt. Take care. Happy 4th. You too. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.